1911 is one of the most iconic firearms in history. Designed by John Browning, the 1911 was the standard-issue sidearm of the U.S. military from 1911 to 1985. While Colt produced the original, almost every major firearm company has produced its own version. It's wildly revered for its reliability, crisp trigger, and is still a favorite for all types of shooters. Whether you're looking to buy or build a 1911 and just about everything for guns, log on to MidwayUSA.com. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. you are this is the outdoor drive podcast i know that this is a little bit kind of i don't know this episode's a little bit crazy uh this is kind of a little prelude to the episode it's going to fire off here in a couple of seconds or a couple of minutes whatever we decide to do but um this episode was kind of fun we just got back from the springfield sportsman show uh me and Marduk are kind of sitting here talking about it this that and the other thing and we just want to get to business kind of hit on some of the things that we got going on real quick and then we'll break into the episode of what it is we had uh Seth Justin and Mark join us on this one because they joined us uh sadly Lou couldn't join us on this podcast he had some family stuff and that's the way that it goes it's that's part of it but um before we break into it i just want to say that we are officially brought to you by Huntworth Camo. We have a new title sponsor, Huntworth Camo, huntworthgear.com. You guys can go and check that out. Get yourself some heat boost, uh, some of the great things that they got going on over there. If you guys haven't checked them out, you got any questions, shoot us a DM. We'll gladly help you, size you up, uh, tell you what you're going to need and what you need in the system. We'll have a ton of stuff coming up on the YouTube also, but we are brought by Brought to you by HuntworthGear.com. So, what up, Mardik? Not much. Just playing my little, working on my purr. Oh. With the, my new Nor'easter. I know. Mark came down and gave us all kinds of new calls and all that good stuff. So, he's he's ripping it up out there. Crushing it. Yeah, what is that? That's a thin series you got there? No, that's just a slate. Yeah, that's a thin series. With no soundboard. That's a cool little pot I call. I like that one a lot. Yeah, and then there's the windbreaker. Um, a lot of guys really like the um, the Ridge Runner. I was playing weekend. with the every time I pick up a Ridge Runner, I'd be playing with it at the show, and then someone would come over and buy it off of them, so I'd have to find <laughs> another call to play with. Every it was like funny every time I'd play with a call, someone would buy it. Someone would come and take it. But it's a good problem to have. Yeah. All right, let's get to business real quick. Um, we did have something really cool come up. Frank from uh, Dallas Safari Club came and stopped by. We were actually going to be at that show, but instead we're going to take a ride up to Verona. Um, New York up to the, um, uh, what is, what is the name of that hotel? Uh, our casino. I don't know. The, the casino in, uh, Verona, 
uh, up there in New York. We're going to go and check out that show. We'll be there on the 10th, 11th, and 12th. Uh, you guys, if you guys are New York bound or you guys are, you know, hometowns of New York, come and check us out. Hang out with us. We will have some hats for sale, some tumblers. I got a couple left. We should have some new stickers, so we'll have those. And then two weeks after that, the 24th, 25th, 26th, we will be in the Mohegan Sun show. Um, but So Frank from Dallas Safari Club stopped by to see us. They're having a banquet at the Mystic Marriott and Hotel Spa in Groton, Connecticut, March 11th. Um, there's exciting live actions, exhibitors, taxidermy displays, uh, gourmet buffet, and a cash bar. Um, and and uh, what, 3-6 is the end of those tickets. So yeah. if you guys haven't gone on over there, Thanks. make sure you guys get to uh, call2adventure.org or you can call 1-800-355-3567 and get the, d- the details on that and the tickets. So we'll the share deets. that. The deets. Oh, the big deets, huh? Um, also... You know, Nor'easter Game Calls, nor'eastergamecalls.com. Uh, also, Zeus Broadheads, zeusbroadheads.com or newairarchery.com uh, to get those, uh, the Hera and stuff. You guys want to test those things out, make sure you guys go and check those guys out. Um, and I think that's it, huh, bud? That's it, buddy. You know, know what sucks about show season? What's that? Lack of scouting and shed hunting. I know, and then we got all the snow. Snow kicking our ass. Yeah, but, but it is what it is. It is. Yeah, I mean, I love show season. I love going to shows, but it does suck losing a weekend in the woods. Oh, uh, dude, I've gotten three sheds this year, mm-hmm. and then we talked about that last season. At least you got your target deer. So, yeah, I mean that's that's a bonus there. But I mean, it's it is what it is, man. Yep. We we uh, the grind never stops. No, the grind never stops. I'd rather go and hang out with people than yeah. find sheds, in my opinion. And like we had talked about in this podcast, like the camaraderie, the good the good times. You know, chilling with the boys, mm-hmm. having fun, the boost, the, you know, that's that's what it is for me. It sucks that we're not able to shed hunt, but you know what? That's what the end of the year is in turkey season's for. We'll be doing a lot more deer scouting during turkey season, I, I think. I was excited about this show just like I was for Harrisburg for the other guys. Right. For Harrisburg, I was excited to see their reaction because they had never been before. Right. And to see how they kind of, you know, eyes wide open and just how amazing Harrisburg is. But... To us, Harrisburg's almost like our ATA. Right. We're, we're kind of just mobile. We're going around. We're meeting people, talking to people. Very unsettled. Um, this show was their first show where the, we actually had a booth that we were working and we got to hang out the whole time. So it was just really cool to see how Seth and Justin and Lou, even though he's not on this uh, episode, just to see how it was for them to, mm-hmm. to, to to have their first booth at a show and stuff like that. So that was really cool. Oh, it definitely is. And we had a great time, you know. And oh. we got Mohegan's going to be even better. And, you know, we got the New York show. That's going to be fun for us. New show, new people, reaching out to some great people up there and just kind of, you know, shaking hands and getting to know everybody and just kind of pushing the drive forward to the next level, man. I'm, I'm super excited to see what the 2023 season has to hold for all of us and what we got going on here at the drive, man. Absolutely. Well, let's break off. Let's get Mike Salter on for the news for your cruise, and uh, then we'll break into this podcast. What do you think, man? Sounds good, buddy. All right, guys. Why don't we buckle up and see what's going on in the world of news with Mr. Mike Salter. Hey, everyone. We're going to start this one off with a couple opportunities for women in Indiana and Iowa. First in Indiana, where the Fur Trappers of America Fur Trappers College has three scholarship opportunities for women 18 to 25 years old. 
who have an interest in trapping, want to expand their trapping knowledge, or work or plan to work in a field that influences trapping, uh, such as in conservation or wildlife law enforcement. Uh, these three full scholarships have been made available by a generous uh, donor, uh, which includes tuition, room and board, and materials. Uh, the Fur Trappers College will be held in Wilkitsville, Indiana from September 10th to 16th. Applicants for the scholarships are due by May 1st. And for application materials or more information, you can call 908-982-8753 or email ftatrapperscollege at gmail.com. Uh, also, registration for Indiana's Becoming an Outdoors Woman Workshop for women 18 and older opened March 1st. This year's workshop will be held May 5th to 7th at Ross Camp in West Lafayette. The workshop is designed for women to learn outdoor skills in a relaxed environment, and participants will choose four activities from more than two dozen options, including fisheries, fishing, archery, geocaching, wild edibles, outdoor cooking, wildlife uh, tracking, and muzzleloader shooting. Uh, the workshop is designed for beginners or for those who have never tried these activities. Registration is limited to the first 100 participants to sign up, uh, and it costs $275, which includes all equipment, meals, and lodging. Registration for the workshop can be done through indianabow.com. Uh, now to Iowa, where registration for the Becoming an Outdoors Woman workshop is also open uh, and will be held April 21st to 23rd near Salone. Uh, courses include boater education, uh, driving and trailer backing, shotgun shooting, turkey hunting and a mentored tur uh, turkey hunt, uh, bow fishing, canoeing, uh, canning and preserving, fly fishing, uh, foraging and more. Uh, enrollment is limited to 120 participants for this one uh, with a cost of $280, uh, which includes lodging prior to April 3rd and $320 after April 3rd with no lodging. Uh, some scholarships are available for this one to reduce the cost to $140. Uh, and to register, you can go to www.iowadnr.gov slash BOW. Now to Florida and a follow-up on a proposed rule on descending devices and venting tools. The Florida Fish and Wildlife Conservation Commission approved the proposed rule uh, to require possession of a descending device or venting tool that is rigged and ready for use on board a vessel when harvesting or attempting to harvest, including catch and release, uh, of reef fish in state waters. The rule also requires the use of a descending device or venting tool if a fish is exhibiting signs of barotrauma prior to release. This rule was designed to increase survival of reef fish, which is a top priority management issue in the Gulf and the South Atlantic. Uh, now a couple legislative updates. First in Montana, where SB 354 has been proposed. The bill seeks to revise uh, laws prohibiting non-residents from trapping by granting reciprocity to non-residents coming from states that allow Montana residents to trap. The bill would provide increased opportunity and aid Montana Fish, Wildlife, and Parks in their mission to proactively manage fur bearers. Uh, this is one that sportsmen definitely need to support and to increase uh, trapping opportunities in Montana. Uh, now to Pennsylvania, where Senate Bill 67 is currently in the State Game and Fisheries Committee, uh, which would remove Sunday hunting prohibitions and provide the Pennsylvania Game Commission to allow for such. Uh, this has been a big push in Pennsylvania uh, for some time, as well as in other states. It uh, needs the uh, support from sportsmen. Right now, be on the lookout for the next steps uh, and contact your legislators in Pennsylvania and ask them to co-sponsor this bill. Uh, lastly, to Michigan, where the DNR will be holding uh, conversations and coffee events this spring, focusing on fisheries management around the state. 
These will be virtual meetings where fishery staff will cover local and statewide regulation changes and other topics related to managing fisheries and aquatic natural resources on inland lakes and streams in the Great Lakes. Uh, these will provide an opportunity to meet fisheries managers and biologists, provide feedback on regulation proposals, discuss local issues and management activities, and get specific questions answered. The meetings will be March 9th from 6 to 8 p.m. for the Central Lake, uh, Central Lake Michigan Management Unit, uh, March 14th from 7 to 9 p.m. for the Northern Lake Michigan Management Unit, March 29th for, from 6.30 to 8 p.m. for Lake Superior Management Unit, April 4th from 6 to 7 p.m. for the Lake Huron uh, Management Unit, April 4th at 8 p.m. for the Lake Erie Management Unit, and uh, April 11th from 6.30 to 8.30 p.m. for the Southern Lake Michigan Management Unit. Uh, you can get detailed meeting and contact info on the DNR's Conservation and Coffee's webpage uh, for those meetings. With that, as always, if you have any news to send along to me, be greatly appreciated. You can reach out to me at Mike Salter on Facebook or Bearded underscore Bowhunter 21 on Instagram. With that, enjoy the rest of your ride. Thanks, Mike. Appreciate you guys. Well, turn this thing up. Put on your head earphones. Put on your seatbelt, and uh, let's go. Let's go have the drive. Sunday. All right, we're back with episode 183. We are in the studio. We got a couple of the good old boys on here. Mark, what in the world are you doing over there? I was just showing what a four-gauge shotgun looks like. <laughs> yeah, well, you know how to turn this key because that's about what's about to happen. So we got we are joined. Uh, this is your boy East Coast Trev. We got the Madman Mardik. You. We got Marky Mark from Maine. Nor'easter game calls. Justin Barnes and Seth um, something or other. Booyah. Booyah. <laughs> what? <laughs> What's up, boys? Happening. Are you guys still hungover from the, Are you guys still all hungover from the weekend? No. I still have uh, bush light coming out of my pores, but we That's made it. It's water anyway. <laughs> <laughs> it's water, he says. Don't 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 even. I switched, <laughs> don't even I switched over to coffee out of my new Nor'easter outdoor drive tumbler. Oh yeah, that's right. Ooh, sweet, I, that's right. I got proper twelve in mine. Scooped <laughs> <laughs> up. Uh, what a good weekend we had, guys. What did you guys think of the show? That was really that was cool, awesome. man. It was really cool. What? A- yeah, it was my first time going, and it was well. PA was my first time ever at a sportsman show, so I saw it, got to eat that, and then. The Springfield show at the Big E, like we had our booth, so it was the first time actually having a booth, and it is a game changer. Just hanging out, shooting the shit, not worrying about walking around 24-7, seeing faces that you talk to people on Facebook and Instagram for so long, and actually shaking hands and putting face to a name, it was enjoyable on my end, for sure. How about you, Seth? Yeah, it was... It was definitely an adventure. I don't know what I expected, but it wasn't that. Um, it was really cool to get like just everybody together. And everybody that's there is all of like-minded individuals. So it's real It's real easy to go and, and be social with everybody with the same mindset. You know what I mean? It's, mm-hmm. And it's all family-oriented, and that's real cool. My daughter got a kick out of it. It's, it's, it's a pretty cool situation. Yeah, I mean, that was really nice, too. Emma came down and hung out with us in the booth and was handing out stickers and all kinds of great oh, stuff. Yeah. <laughs> she loved it. I mean, that's that's kind of like our basis, right? I mean, like, to be f- 
you know, family oriented. We have a really good group of guys and friends that have now become family and having the kids involved and hanging out in the booth. And I mean, Mark came all the way down from Maine. What did you think, Mark? Well, that was awesome. Like I said, it's nice to get down that way and meet a lot of the guys that are purchasing the calls and using them. And, you know, like you said, do a lot of handshaking and kind of network a little bit. Um, that, that was the best part of it. Of course, you know, to meet the guys as well, rather than to just send them their stuff and say, Hey, good luck. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll see you when Turkey season starts. So it was kind of cool, you know, catch up with everybody and, and hang out. That was a good time. I mean, for you, there was a ton of people that came to the booth just to see Nor'easter game calls. Yeah, that was fun. You know, like I said, to see people that are showing up just to see the product and, and, and just to chew the fat, you know, can you make mm-hmm. this, can you make that? And, you know, there's it a lot of funny, a lot of people that have already bought calls that just wanted to talk about the hunt that they had and why they used the call. So that was really cool. That's awesome, man. I, I think is the camaraderie of, of the weekend, I think as a whole was just, was absolutely awesome. We had the greatest time ever. I mean, just hanging out. I know it's a, it's not the, it's not Harrisburg, but it, it's a great all around fun show. There was a lot of really good people there. We got to meet and network with a ton of people and just, I mean, the traffic was great on Saturday. It was halfway decent on Friday. Sunday was was it? It was just a good trickle all day. It wasn't like a steady, surprisingly, yeah, yeah, super surprisingly. I, I think the snow Saturday might have affected it a little bit, where maybe some people were going to come Saturday, couldn't because of the snow, mm-hmm. so they decided to come Sunday. Yep. Yeah, but it was yeah, nice. Was oh, go ahead. A, a good amount of people rolling in. I think I saw more local faces on Sunday than I did Saturday. Mm-hmm. What did, what did you have? Because you had a bunch of people come down just to look at your buck from last season, Justin. Yeah, there was a good amount of people that I had conversation with via Instagram and Facebook. and They want to come down, check out the rack. It's good. Like, hold on, if pitchers can do not so much justice online, but once you actually put the rack in your hands, it's good to spin it around and the mass and everything. So a bunch of people want to check it out, and it's always a good time talking about dead deer. I think the best part is that uh, everybody but me put one into the Northeast Big Buck Club. Mm-hmm. So you guys are all going to be in the same issue. Because Seth, no, yeah. Seth, what did yours score? It grossed 130, but it only net 117 because of the non-typical points. But still, dude, that's a, that's a great deer. That's fishing. That's fishing. <laughs> that's her for fishing. <laughs> we don't care about that yeah, number. No, <laughs> no I, I could care less. I yeah. could really care less. I'll take a non-typical and lose the points any day of the week, you know. Mm-hmm. personally yep. i like the uniqueness i think it was awesome that you guys all are going to be in the same magazine the whole outdoor drive crew is going to be in the same exact magazine for northeast big buck clubs like stacked one on another just from from the outdoor <laughs> drive like everybody put one in like you guys were no we're going to be spread out because connecticut rhode island Mass, rhode yeah i know but yeah. all in the same ep yeah you for know sure. that's just i think that's sick i don't know it was really? just we set up the booth and then we're all sitting in the big buck booth with all our racks like oh my god i think we were the first six out of the eight entries they had yeah that's that was our- i think it's no, one of the good was- things about the show is having northeast big buck club there and people can bring their bucks in and get them all measured up and all that good stuff yeah oh, that's pretty cool but to have that option is really cool i, I like how there's they have bucks on display there that you know about that got killed during mm-hmm. the season, and you can go over there and check it out. Like kind of like people went and saw Justin's in person. Mm-hmm. You can go see a buck that you heard about or saw on Facebook on display there. Like Chris Chris Ex- Albanini's exactly, his yep. 193 incher was there. Uh, hammer, that's absolute hammer. And then we had what Heather MK. She had two of them. Mm-hmm. That she had was her there. pack mount that Chris did. 
there was a pile of just good bucks there from past years, and then there's the Wall of Fame, and I think it's kind of cool, especially for Northeast. Like, Northeast needs more of that. Yeah, that's pretty pretty cool. I don't even get that up here when we have the Sportsman Show. That's the first time I've been in front of a wall like that since I've been doing this. Oh, it's awesome. Because then there's some of the sleepers, too, that people don't post. And you're walking down the, the line and you're reading all the names and the scores. And you're like, 2022, there's like six drop tines. It's like 190 inch. Like, Where the hell did that come from? You yeah. know what I mean? Those are, those are the ones I like. What do you think probably was your best time, your your favorite part of the Springfield Sportsman Show while you guys were there? Um, My favorite part. My favorite part is because it was Springfield and it was all local. So anybody, for the most part, that you interacted with was somebody that's in our area that has – we automatically have a connection with these people because we're Northeast guys. You know what I mean? Right. Um, whereas Harrisburg, it's it's a little bit different vibe because these are all people that we haven't met or have a relationship with already. You know what I mean? We have a little bit more of a relationship with these people just because it's home, it's home turf. Yeah, I agree. So I like that. Yeah, I, it would be uh, – no, and I think a cool thing I to kind of piggyback off of what Seth's saying, people would show up and they'd be like, well, where are you guys all from? And we'd be like, Connecticut, New Hampshire, Rhode Island, Maine. Like, we're all Northeast people, yeah. and this is what we you do. You kind of see their eyebrows go up like, oh, I didn't realize you guys were right here. There's something serious going on in the Northeast, and I didn't even know about it. Like, that kind of vibe. You well, know not to saying? mention our booth. I think a lot of people thought we were outfitters because we had all our deer on display. And, like, dude, we're not trying to sell you a hunt. Like, we just wanted to check out our podcast and youtube channel everyone's like what are you selling uh nothing yeah. <laughs> here's no. a business card <laughs> like, Here, do you want <laughs> yeah you want a beer yeah. <laughs> what was your favorite part yeah, justin what, oh sorry um it would it would just be our booth you know mm. hanging out the whole time seth's daughter i'm just handing out stickers and cards dude that's the camaraderie right there between the group and everyone hanging out, that was just the pinnacle of the weekend, and I enjoyed it to the fullest. How about you, Mark? Uh, pretty much the same thing, other than that, you know, I enjoyed making a racket in that place, too, and just echoing the coyote calls and duck and goose. Just, you know, I may not be the best goose call in the world, but I don't have a problem picking a goose call up and just hammering on it. You know, it's it's a lot of fun in there. And like I was telling you, that's the biggest show I've been in, which, like you said, it's not even close to being the biggest. But up here, we're in a little gymnasium, basically, and it's turned into more of a flea market than a sportsman show. So everybody there was much better. They weren't there to buy brownies and earrings. Uh, so it was a lot of fun to watch the guys come over when they hear us making a bunch of racket and talk about the calls and why we do what we do, which is, you know, the stuff we're making for the uh, I'm making for the outdoor drive and why we do it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. No, and 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 that was the thing. Like, we would call people in, and they would come and check out what was going on. So it was working for both of us. Like, mm. people would come to check yep. out the calls, but then they're like, oh, what is this? You know? So it was a it was a good mix and mingle with everything that was going on in the booth, for sure. Yeah, it was, it was awesome. There was a good crowd Friday, but once Mark came with the calls, like you said, it was literally calling humans in with the turkey calls and stuff. And the traffic yep. in front of our booth on Saturday, I mean, it was probably the busiest in the night. For sure. The boys were buzzing. The boys were buzzing. <laughs> I, I, let's get off the show real quick because I, I want to kind of bring in what Mark is holding a four-gauge muzzleloader right now. Can you tell us a little bit about what in the hell you got going on over there, Mark? 
All right. Well, we decided we kind of chatted about it. And then I kind of, I guess I kind of decided for all of us that this spring turkey season up here in Maine, we're going to use black powder muzzle loader shotguns, real ones, not kit guns, but uh, this one I'm holding, we can't take it because it's, it's a cannon. So, but everything's made between 1850 and 1870 that we're going to use. I've got a bunch of 10 gauges, double barrels, single barrels. I uh, got some 12s, but that's what we're going to take. This one just happens to be a four. It's, I didn't realize I always wanted one, but when I bought it, I didn't realize all it's missing is a set of wheels. Um, yeah, that, I guess it takes a quarter pound of powder and a quarter pound of shot to make this thing go off. And it's, it's, uh, it's gotta be 20 pounds anyways, but you can see my hand wrapped around the barrel. I mean, it's just stupid. Oh, it's got mass. But we'll have fun. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we're, we're, I mean, look at this thing. Look at the mass on that thing. <laughs> <laughs> what is the it's diameter cool of that barrel? Um, I know you can almost a 50 cent piece. Um, I bet if I measure across the, the four gauge part of it, but yeah, that, that was my idea. Uh, it's an inch and a quarter across. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's pretty big. Like I said, when you look at it down this way, th- th- I mean, this, I mean, look at that thing. It's just nuts, but we'll have fun. We can shoot this one and have fun at uh, Turkey camp and go out and have a good time. Uh, but I think this is going to be a lot of fun for us filming the hunts this year is everybody using a black powder gun and going out and enjoying themselves and for the first time and, and do it the old school way. I, see, Mark, Mark's setting the, the, the wall for us here. Like, I, I, He's setting us all up to shoot crossbows this <laughs> fall because our shoulders are going to be broken. <laughs> it might, we won't load him up that hard. <laughs> Outdoor Drive Crossbow Podcast yeah. is what it's going to be from now on. Yeah. <laughs> No, it's going to be a lot of fun. Like I said, I, I truly, I didn't realize that. I knew a four gauge was big. I, like I said, I've never owned one, but this is retarded. It's uh, <laughs> a lot larger than I thought. They used these back in the day for commercial hunting, uh, where you just basically go on a boat, find a flock of ducks, and kill as many as you can and bring them to market to sell. Uh, there were no bag limits or anything back then. That's how you fed the you know the neighborhood, and uh, that's why they're just massive guns. I mean, a quarter pound of lead flying is that, that's incredible. There wouldn't be anything left of the turkey, I don't think. Like, what? yeah, it definitely wasn't made to shoot one. You're gonna wait till they all group up and just dust the whole the whole flock. I mean, I'm sure the spread on this at you know 40 yards is probably about eight to nine feet across. <laughs> I can't wait. Ugh. Yeah, it's, that's gonna be a lot of first for us. Yeah, it is. It's gonna be a lot of fun. I, so so to go on with that, I mean, so we decided that we were going to have turkey camp in Maine so that all the boys can get together and we do some filming and kill some turkeys and just add that whole deer hunting camaraderie to turkey camp. So we're all going to get together. Mark decided to uh, set the bar very high. And, um, yeah, we're going to all do it with 1,800 muzzleloaders. I don't, what do you guys yes. think of this? That's Thank so you. awesome. Yeah, I said you can see some of them right there. That's the uh... – the other group that will be taken out. Jeez Louise. It's going to be, speaking for myself, but I've never hunted in Maine, one. So it'll be my first turkey hunt in Maine, first Maine turkey, and my first muzzleloader turkey. (laughs) That's going to be awesome. It's going to be a trip. Yep, I'm on the same boat. I say we make a a wheel. We all spin it at night. We all draw our gun, go out in packs of two or whatever, and who comes back with the most birds wins. (laughs) Or if you take I think I, you also it, have to wear. It, it, it'll be a lot of fun. We'll get everything done so you guys can see how to load them up and all that. And uh, it's pretty straightforward. It's not that bad. Like I said, it does take time to reload if you miss. 
Um, so if you have a single shot and you don't do so well, hopefully the guys with you is like I said, will arm, but it takes probably about a minute, minute, 15 seconds to reload. Don't miss. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I don't think, I don't, I don't think you're gonna have to worry about that, especially in the spring. I mean, we can get the turkeys in nice and close and you can, you can dust them. That's going to be something else. Like it's just going to add to the, add to the fun, I guess. Like, I, I don't know. I mean, like you could shoot them with TSS at at eighty yards, but why not shoot them with some muzzleloaders, dude? I, I don't know. I just think it's gonna be. I, I'm kind of lost for words, to be honest. I'm still kind of in shock with with what's going on. It's different. Yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, everyone's doing them with the, like you said, the souped up shotguns, this and that. Let's go old school, man. Let's set the bar high and let's. Well, the, the new craze is the 410. Everybody's trying to up the challenge and up the ante with 410s and all these crazy 410s and whatnot. How about muzzleloaders? Yeah. Nobody's doing that. <laughs> but even those, yep. you get one of them Stevens 301s with a red dot on it and TSS, that's still a 40-yard gun all day. Right. 60 right. yards. So, yeah, this would be totally different because, like I said, there's a, there's a delay before things happen. I mean, we all know. We, we shot muzzleloaders before, but, yeah, this is the real McCoy. No kick guns, just... The original guns that I wish they could talk, you know, from the 1850s and 60s, and I, I'm sure they got some stories, especially that old four. I mean, it's got a crack start for a reason. I mean, whoever was standing behind it felt that. But, yeah, it's, it's definitely – it's going to be a lot of fun. It's, I can't wait to see the videos from the smoke flying and the birds tumbling and everybody running around having fun. And, and I think you just hit the nail on the head. I mean, to bring that to the YouTube side and people be able to see what we have going on and just the fun of it. Like, it's not a competition. It's just the good old boys having good old fun, like the way that it should be. I mean, that is what this is all about, is just the camaraderie, just hanging out with the boys and just doing crazy things. Like, what is better than that? Yep. Like, we could we could all go on our way and film and do podcasts and this, that, and the other thing. But to do it all together in some crazy manner, I think is just it, – it, it's just the way we, this should be, in my opinion. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. And then I think we should do a little skeet competition, though, with them. Shoot some skeet for a competition. So that everybody can get used to how they fire, but we'll actually <laughs> – We'll actually throw some skeet and see if anybody can do any damage. <laughs> with with a delay on the muzzleloader? Ooh, yep. boy. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, so it should be some fun. Like I said, we got a skeet thrower down at uh, Turkey Camp. So I, I just think that would be fun to go down there and, and just take one of the guns and just cycle the ammo right through it. What in the world? We, what, what did we sign up for? This is insane. This is getting out of control, man. <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. We need to Can't up wait. the ante, though. Like, if you fail at the skeet throwing, you have to – I don't know. We gotta, we're got we going to have to come up. We're going to have to make bets here because – we oh, definitely. We oh, yeah. We can't just leave it at that. What fun would that no. be? Nope. We definitely have to come up with something. That that would be – You ever see the Buck Commander episode with, with Matt Light brought everybody Christmas costumes and random costumes to everybody to wear? And whoever lost and picked bad, like you had to wear like prison jumpsuit or like a clown costume or like a Santa suit. <laughs> like we're gonna should we should do something like that. Yeah, we're gonna have to wear powdered wigs and red coats. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this just gets me going. It really honestly gets wait. me going. I'm 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 blown away. No, like I said, it's gonna be hard to get all the fun in in just the amount of time that you're here. That's the sad part. <clears throat> that is, we'll make most of it though. That's a fact of life, right? Yep. 
you know, like I said, try to get a little bit of videotaping in the shop and making some stuff and everybody making their own stuff. And yeah, it's going to be a good time. Mark, why don't you take us through kind of your lineup for what's coming up for the season, just so everybody can know before we kind of dig into what's going on. Yeah. Like you and I worked on some calls last year during the season, which were the clear killer, which did great. That was a uh, half blasted glass over slate for a soundboard. And then we monkeyed around with it a little bit more and got it louder and a better pitch by doing um, a little different call with aluminum for strike surface with a glass soundboard. Uh, and that one we give the name of windbreaker because boy, if you get onto it, it it's loud. Mm-hmm. Um, it can make a lot of noise. And uh, the next one that's coming up right after that is a, a, another windbreaker series, basically, but it's going to be slate instead of the aluminum uh, with no soundboard. So that's what we're working on. That's awesome. And yeah. obviously, and obviously, your new logo is on everything. Mm-hmm. And that came out really good. I mean, we have mugs. There's going to be mugs for sale. Those are really cool. Yep. And those, I mean, that new logo stands out. I mean, what do you guys think about the new logo? It is sexy. So oh, <laughs> clean. Straight to the point, color schemes, fire. It's just, it's, you nailed it. Nailed it. I, Jordan, I, I just worked with Jordan Johnson from Combination Creative. He was the one that knocked it out of the park. Mm-hmm. Because at first, when I had seen the logo, I was like, ah, I don't know. I don't know. And then it, like, really grew on me. Quickly, though. Quickly. Yeah, it didn't and I'm take like, long. You know, after looking at it for about a day, I was like, what in the world is this? This is, this is it, mm-hmm. dude. This is it. And yep. At the show, we got a ton of people that would walk up and be like, I really like that. I like that logo. That thing is fire. I really like it. And it looks mean. It looks yeah, mean. Yeah, it did take it a little bit, like you said. Look, It does look mean. It took a little bit. Uh, even myself and, and even when I was talking to Mark, we were kind of like, oh, I don't know. And then it, it really, as soon as you see the basics of the outlay and and look at it for a bit, it does. It grows on you. And you're like, no, that's just so much better than, than the original logo. I mean, the original logo – it's hard to get rid of something when you've had it that long, uh, but it was time for rebranding, and it definitely shows more of what it is. It's the outdoor drive, not just a podcast. Mm-hmm. And, and that and that's that's one of the things. I mean, we keep hitting hitting it out of the park with this whole thing, and keep re, you know re talking about it all the time. But like, that's what we are now. We're we're a group and camaraderie of just good friends doing cool things. Um, you know, it's yep. not just a podcast. It's a full circle outdoor. You know social media creation is what I'm going to call it because that's what it is. I mean, we have a good group of guys doing great things and, and building this thing in the Northeast. I mean, that's, that's our goal. That's our push is to show what the Northeast has to offer. I mean, to go up to Maine and shoot turkeys with 1800 muscle loaders and, and then, you know, and then to shoot deer in the, in the deer season and everything else and fishing and everything. I mean, this is the full circle of what the outdoor drive really is. Um, and to, I agree. And to bring it to the bring it forth in these shows, like this past weekend. I mean, we made a stamp. We made a staple on 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 the Springfield Sportsman Show, in my opinion, where guys were like, "Oh my God, you guys are the Outdoor Drive! Like, this is so cool. You guys got a really cool thing going on." Um, mm-hmm. And we finally brought it forth. It's just fun family outdoors. That's it. Just fun family and outdoors, man. Yep. That's what it's all about. I mean, that's that's the truth. Speaking of that, let me. I got a little killer's corner, and this is a good time for it, I think, because we had a lot of uh, good visitors that. Yeah, we can actually. These guys can all fill in on yeah, that also. Exactly. So, um, what's my. Oh. Uh, Pearl, first of all, the number one killers, in my opinion, Mike Salter, Emma, 
and Mrs. Madman Marduk. They were crushing it, handing out stickers, handing out business cards, all that stuff. <clears throat> so big yep. shout out to them. And then I'll run through this kind of quickly. Uh, Ken D, he stopped by for a while Friday, Saturday? I don't uh, remember. Yeah. Whatever. He was there for a while. It was awesome. Was it Saturday? It had to have been Saturday. I'm not sure. Yep. Uh, Ray Duplissy. Yeah. Coach Ray. Uh, Jim Gallagher and his buddy Keith. Love seeing those guys. Uh, one of my personal favorites, Rob Cody, stopped by for a little while. We had Buddy the Elf. Uh, Mike Ibsen. Heather MK and her husband stopped by. Tom Oligio, and he was the only one that actually showed up with Bush Light, so big shout-out to him. He brought us a 12-pack. Yep. Uh, Sean and Erica Chikowski, the entire Wildwoods Farm family. It was good seeing those guys. And then Eric Poirier from Bowhunter Mass stopped by. Yeah. Anybody else you guys had that stopped by that we didn't? Um, Chris Albrini dropped in. Yep. Yep. For a bit. Um, Dude off Facebook, uh, Billy Mistopoulos, he stopped in. Talked to you for a while. I think you guys covered the rest. There might have been a few other floaters. Yeah, for sure. It's hard to remember everybody. I mean, you just black yeah. out for the whole weekend. Yeah. There were a few new people that are actually hunted up in Pelham and stuff. Because every time Trev would hear the Pelham, he's like, Justin, come over here. We got another Pelham guy. There was yeah, a quite Pat, a few. Remember that kid, uh, Pat? He had stopped by. Uh, he killed uh, that real nice bucking. McNamara or Ma- Max, something like yeah. that. Yeah. He always got a great buck in Pelham. Great buck. He wasn't even planning on it. He got in an argument with the wife at home. He's like, hey, I'm going hunting. He's like, I'm going to New Hampshire. I've never hunted New Hampshire before. He jumped over the line. Shoots a 130 right before dusk. I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> well, how about Jim Gallagher's buddy Keith? You can hit a golf ball to his house and didn't even know it. Oh, never knew that. I used to listen to the podcast all the time. And sure as shit, he lives on the side of the pond right down the road from like, crazy. He's like, oh, I walk your woods all the time in the backyard, and yada, yada, yada. Small world, man. Yeah, I love those guys too, man. I could talk to those guys all day. Yeah, that's a, that's the truth. Just good old school boys, just killing deer. What did you What did you reference them as? Oh, that's um, Dan Infol and uh, John Eberhardt. <laughs> <laughs> that's the truth. Uh, Seth, did you know anybody that stopped by? That you- yeah, I had a couple of friends that you know, guys I work with, and a couple of family members of guys, you know, people I know and whatnot. Um, uh, a lot of old school people that came in with their kids and stuff. They, I knew a couple of people, but uh, no, n- nobody, no big names. There yep. was, and there was a lot. I, there was a lot more people that I met that knew of me yes. than I knew of them. I'll tell you that. Yes. And that was pretty cool. That was pretty cool. You know, to see how far the outdoor drive really touches. You know. Mm-hmm. No, yeah. it, it's cool, and I think that that's what that's about, man. Is to just see everybody and just and just let everybody know that we're here. I mean, that's. And and talk to people, man. I'd rather sit there and talk with these guys for an hour. Like, you know, for example, like guys would stop by and you'd be chit chatting with them inside the booth, and they'd be like, "Oh, we've been listening to you forever." And I'd rather talk to them for twenty five minutes and hand out a business card to somebody new that's walking by because right. those guys mean the most. You know, like those guys are the supportive of us. Yeah, the people walking by could become supporters also, but like. I'd rather spend time talking to those guys. Like that's what I'm there for to shake hands with those guys and get to know everybody and meet the vendors. Like we met the guys taking a chance next door, uh, the tuna fishermen that were on one side and yeah. And the guys on the other side with their custom baits and stuff like that. I mean, it's, that's what it is for the weekend. I mean, that's, that's what makes the weekend for me, honestly. Did we mention Dylan Fisher? I don't think so. No. 
Oh, he's dude. You keep an eye on that kid. He's a hunter, super hunter, and he kills some giant deer. And he's after some more giant deer. I'm like, wow. I was the, shocked. Was that the kid with the shed? Um, no, he's no, he's not. He's got to be almost 21, 22 ish. Mm-hmm. Not kid, kid, but he he was shooting in the um the shoot off at Huntsville. Oh yes, yes, yes. Whoa, that's whoa. the same kid. Okay. Yeah, that's the one he's talking about. Yep, for sure. No, but that's. Yeah, he's a- that's what it is, man. That's what it's all about right there. I how, mean, about, just... how about the 160 uh, roadkill deer with the muzzy broadhead? Oh, from, from, oh, my God. Yeah. That was insane. Connecticut? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Connecticut? That was out of, yeah, that was out of Connecticut. Uh, John, Chris Johnson, I think his name is. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, actually, I know his name is. But uh, he, he had found that roadkill, and somebody had shot it in the face, and it had a muzzy broadhead coming out of the back by its neck. And it was the bones literally grew around the broadhead. Like mm-hmm. that's so cool. I, you I know, oh, go ahead. I don't endorse shooting deer in the face, but if it was a Zeus, he'd been dead. <laughs> true, <laughs> true, true. <laughs> true um, but I think one of the cool things too is guys would walk by with sheds, or they would walk by with yeah. their skull plate, and we'd be like, "Yo, come here, come here," and we would guess their yeah. their. <laughs> They're, they're inches. Yeah, remember the guy I heard him say the score yeah. and he didn't know I heard him so I had him come over and I looked at him sized him up and then 144 son of a bitch how did you know that <laughs> I heard you say it from 100 yards away bud no, we had a lot yeah, of fun I, l- I, I learned a lot from you guys doing that as well I always thought like you can see some of the horns behind me in the shop here and stuff I never knew I just always guessed at it I'm like I don't know it's 120 130 inch deer but it takes quite a set of antlers to start snapping over 120, 130, more than I thought. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, you get so to most know. Most of my deer that I thought, well, most of them back here that I thought were like 120s or whatever, 130. Now they're more like hundreds, 110. It, it takes a lot to get to 130 <clears throat> inches, like a lot more than a, a lot, lot of a people lot, see. Yeah, a lot more than I thought. When I started seeing those antlers and those guys holding, I'm like, wow, that's a nice rack. And it's like, no, eh, it's 124 or 130. I'm like, huh? I mean, I would have guessed like 140, 150, you know? <laughs> That's why not everybody shoots 150s. No, I don't think I've ever put one down at that. Like I said, I think my biggest one in the in the house of those long times might be like a, a 130. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe a 120, somewhere in there. Still like I said, I had to have you these. measure it. Yeah, but, it is. Yeah, especially, you know, the amount of time you got to put in to find one that size. I, I thought that was one of the cooler things because uh, we all brought them out to hang in the booth. And, you know, we all, I think we all pretty much brought some of our bigger deer, but, um, no, I brought my smallest to thing. see, um, to see some people's reactions when they're asking about the mounts and you're like, yeah, that's a Connecticut deer. That's a mass. That's Rhode Island. That's Rhode Island. Mm-hmm. And people are like, holy shit. Like they, they all assumed they were Midwest deer or something mm-hmm. like that. And kind of just to shed light that there, there are big deer in the Northeast. I mean, they might be few and far between compared to the mid Midwest, but they're here. Yep. For sure, and and yeah, it's amazing how big some of those deer are around your areas. Well, they're there, but you have to put in special amount of time to kill those deer, like continuously year after year. Just after to year. find them, to hunt them. Yeah, that's. I think that's one of the hardest things. A hundred percent. And guys don't really realize it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I mean, like, look at Mark. He's up there in the North Woods, and like, he's chasing big deer, and that's you know, and a lot of guys don't realize what it what it's like. You know they don't they don't see them until you see them in person. Yeah, it, it, it can it can be a drag because you get a pass on a lot of them. You've got a, I mean there's a lot of young bucks that you pass on in order to get something halfway decent, and that that's hard to do up here because 
I mean, like last season, I went the whole season out seeing a giant. The last year I saw was maybe a hundred inch and I passed, you know, and, and I did have pressure on the trigger cause it, there's only like a week left of the season. I wanted to get it done, but it just never presented a good shot to me. Run straight at me, chasing does. And it just wasn't a giant, but it was the typical two and a half year old, three and a half year old tops. So he'll grow for next year. Yep. Exactly. But up there you only get one tag. So you kind of, yeah, unless you're bow hunting and then, you can get an extra buck if you do pay for it. Uh, if you want to give the state some money, they'll give you uh, one with archery and then one with a rifle. So you got to make it count when it's going to count. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Where something like us, like we get we get two bucks, two does, that's just with the bow, and then you start to add on to that. You know, and that and that also brings down the number of deer. And we're not saying like, hey, you should pass every single deer to try and shoot a monster. Like that's not not the case. Oh god, at all. no, no. You do, you get whatever you want. You want meat in the freezer, yeah, get it done. Just mm-hmm. just that, you know, throwing lead, a slinging arrows, whatever you want to do. Mm-hmm. No, I just choose to go down that route where I donate the deer. I don't want to shoot a little one. I want to shoot mm-hmm. something that's you know 185 plus, you know, field dressed. Yep. Mark, can you hunt with buckshot and me still? Yes. Yep. It doesn't See, do you any good. You, but got, you, can. you got that buck running at you like that. Bust out that four gauge <laughs> with that double lot. Come yep. on, let's go. <laughs> Mark would have a stroke if he shot that four gauge with buckshot on it. <laughs> yeah, that's a little. That's a little too much. I think. <laughs> you know, I'll keep slinging two seventy lead. Hey, God hates a coward. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> He hates me then because I'm not. I mean, I've shot a 50 BMG and I'm not afraid of that as much as I am that four. Really, that you four think, gauge is going to be a little bit ruggeder than a 50. You think 100%. so? I think the 50 BMG is yeah. coming out at Turkey Camp just for the hell of it too. Yeah. Man, I don't know. The boys are going to be buzzing that weekend. <laughs> <Uh-oh>. <laughs> the technology's come along. I, I know for a fact that. that a 50 BMG. If you if you look at a 50, uh, let me grab one. So that is not a quarter pound of powder. <laughs> that will drop down the barrel. That's like the size of my grunt call. <laughs> so, yeah, I'll, I'll take that down to the camp so you guys can play and have some fun with that. But I still think the four gauge will, will be more of a wallet than, than this would be. Wow. Yep. Seth, you're shooting it first. That's fine. I'll shoot it naked. <laughs> <laughs> So the outdoor drive just started an OnlyFans. <laughs> Technology's come a long, a long way since that four gauge was made and that fifty was made. That's for sure. Mm, that yep. wooden stock is gonna kick like a mule. Yep. Yeah, it's got a nice chunk of steel on it. Could you- I was gonna ask you that. That's what's on the end of the butt is a piece of metal. Yeah. yeah. Yep. That's what we're in trouble. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, it, yeah. I know my twelve gauge that I have and the ten that I I shot. It's really nothing. I mean, it's we load them really light because they're that old. We don't want. I mean, back then, if if Jimmy got killed shooting it at the docks, it wasn't a big deal. You, you just had Larry show up tomorrow and do it. But <laughs> nowadays, you kind of want to keep your eyes in your face, you know. So we won't load it up like that. I mean, there's no way I'd put a quarter pound of powder in that. That'd be that's just ridiculous. But that's well, Mark, what they that, used with it. That would be mounted though. Nobody's holding that. That was mounted on a canoe. No, there's nope. There's no mount on this one. You you throw it on your shoulder really? and let it fly. Yeah. <laughs> really? if, if they did, it doesn't show that there's any place where they mounted it. I'm I'll guessing they just threw it over somebody's shoulder and said, "Hang on, we're go- it's going to happen." Wow. Whoever drew the short straw. 
I think so. Like I said, usually you can see there was a, they call them punt guns where they had a mount in the boat for them. They still may have had some way to drop this into a cradle and, and, and tighten it down on it, but there's no markings uh, on the barrel of the wood where they actually crank something down on it to hold it in place. I, I'm with you. I, I cannot imagine someone, you know, shooting that two or three times in a day. I mean, it'd probably be once and then you go get somebody else to do it. Probably like the Liberty Bell with that stock crack. Someone shot it one time. <laughs> it cracked. Yeah, and put it away. <laughs> it's never been shot since. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah well, they're all sitting around the old local water hole going, well, that was stupid. <laughs> the, Liberty, the Liberty Loader. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's the nickname, the Liberty Loader. Yeah, we're in trouble. That's, this is why we shouldn't hang out at sportsman shows, all of us at the same time together, because then we come up with these crazy ideas of what we should be doing come turkey camp. How can we get hurt? Yeah. Somebody else tries to copy us, but between now and then, we'll see if somebody else comes up with this idea. Between uh, listening to your podcast and see if they, you know, all want to go out with their black powder guns and shoot some turkeys. I mean, that might get the idea, and somebody's had to go out and have some fun. See, so this we had actually talked about this on the podcast originally last year on how it was going to go out with a Mm -hmm. muzzleloader, and then we kind of brought it to fruition this year where you went crazy and bought all the muzzleloaders to do it. Like, if you're going to do it, we're going to do it. Like, uh. yeah, we got plenty. Everybody's got their own muzzleloader this time, and it's going to be like I said, it's all original stuff. So. Uh, like I said, I, I, I'm, I'm with them about uh, spinning the wheel, and that's the gun you get. You're either going to get a single or a double, and then your guy that goes with you is going to have to be your backup. Yep. There's nothing wrong with that, though. I think it'll be fun. It'll be the end of turkey season, so we'll have gone through a turkey season hunting back at home. We're going to go up there. What is that, Labor Day weekend? Yeah. Labor Day weekend? No, Memorial yeah. Day. Memorial Day weekend. Memorial Day. Memorial Day. We'll yeah. go up Memorial Day weekend. It'll be the end of the season. We'll close out the season with everybody all together and – get this under control and have fun i think it's i'm looking forward to it i really am and i'm looking forward to what what has to offer and and then being in the shop you know yeah. we all get to hang out in the shop and be with mark and hang out i mean this is this is fun yeah i'll have to chase the turkeys for a while for you to make sure that they're still staying put and not getting run over by anybody else so that when you get here we we know where they are yeah and especially maine maine's a non-posted state right that's correct yep oh. yeah if it's not posted you can hunt it could you imagine doing turkey reaping with a muzzleloader? No. <laughs> you, you can. I mean, there's going to be plenty of spots I'm putting you guys in that if you decide to the fantail it across the field, have at it. But, I mean, some of these are just, like I said, they're way too big. You got like a 40-inch barrel on them. And you could try it. What's Put what's it on wheels and scoot behind it like a cannon. <laughs> yeah. yeah, might as well. Fucking <laughs> Gettysburg address. Right at the end of the barrel. <laughs> I'm definitely getting a curly, curly blonde wig to put underneath my hunting cap because <laughs> tally ho, <laughs> tally ho. <laughs> Who says that? That's what you're supposed to say with the. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> oh, shit, you get me into. Well, what else would you be doing, Steve? <laughs> Not that. <laughs> you would be shooting TSS from 80 yards away, <laughs> shooting gobblers. What fun is that? What fun? What fun would that be? You know, I mean, it's just, it is. Screw it. So I'll probably bring, not to hunt with, but just to shoot. What's that? Hang out, shoot bows. I'll be bringing up a bow just mm. at camp, hanging out. Yeah, even <laughs> if you want to just, I mean, you're allowed two turkeys up here. So even if you get one with a muzzleloader, then you decide, now I want to get one with a bow. Why not? Mm-hmm. You know? yeah. 
All four. We can do the reaping like I did back home where, where you take the fan and you mount it to the front of your bow. Like, dude, that's sick. Like, it's so much fun. Yeah, I, yeah it looked no. like a lot of fun. When I watched the video, that was cool. Something different, you know what I'm saying? I mean, I don't know. Turkeys are one of those things, and, and we talk about it all the time. Like, like it's the only animal on the face of the earth that's willing to die chasing tail. Like, they don't care at all costs. Whatever it takes, they just want one, and they're going to get it no matter what. Like, it's even if yep. it's to death, they don't really care, you know? Well, no, they don't. And if there's more of them in the field, they all run. It's just foolish. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they're like they're like humans. They'll do anything, you know. It doesn't matter. Just whatever happens, yeah. happens, you know. Bob. Yeah, one good looking girl in the bar, and that's all it takes. <laughs> <laughs> Why do they got to be in the bar? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh. No, it was definitely. I, I had a lot of fun at the show, though. I think the show was really cool. It's good to support local people in in a local place. And be there in the camaraderie and hanging out, and I'm looking forward to it because it's not the only one. Like Justin knocked it out of the park with the booth, man. I was just gonna say I mean, that was my favorite part it. of the show. Was Set, the- setting up the booth because we designed this thing in Harrisburg on a napkin on a napkin at a bar at like two in the morning, and to see it. What's that? Eight dollar pitches of beer. I think there was probably twenty ordered. Yeah, and. uh <laughs> We just kind of just started just spewing stuff out and just brainstorming and whatever. And then Justin went home and started, you know, bringing it to life to see him bring it in in the truck and start standing up these columns and screwing them together and see the booth actually come to life. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was everything that we imagined and then some, I think. I mean, yeah. it couldn't have came out better. Yeah, it, it did. It looked really nice. I mean, I, I've seen a lot of booths and that looked really nice for the deer mounts and the height of it so that it was above everybody else and yeah, very well done, guys. But the black, the black and red just popped, and all the mm-hmm. deer just stood out. Yep. And then the TV screen. I mean, it, it was just Aw- worked awesome, out. awesome, awesome, awesome. Yeah. I, I'm. Lo- was- oh, go ahead. No, you're good. TV was huge. That's all I want to say. No, I think it is. And Lou threw together a killer video for that dude, and the the highlight reel of everything. I think it was it was out of. The- I mean, we all put it together by killing the footage, but Lou put it all together in into one clip. Um, and a good mix of everything that's going on and, and whatnot. And I, and this is just the beginning, honestly. So so not – I think next weekend. Yeah, not this coming weekend, the following weekend. M- me and Mardik are going up to New York. So there's a show, another show in New York. So we're going to bring up there. But I don't think we're going to bring the whole booth. Uh-uh. We're going to have to make some little tiny booth thing. Like, I mean, most uh, – I don't think that we can put it all together, to be honest with you. And then, well, I'm not going to be there Fridays. You're so be I'm by on yourself. my own. There's no way you're doing that without no, me. No, there's no way. I'm going to have a banner on the floor in front of the booth, and it's gonna, it's going to be like a welcome mat, and then that will be it. And we'll have a table with a tablecloth, I think. Um, and then two weekends after that, we're we're at Mohegan Sun again. So we're back at it again in a different area with different people. Um, to be able to go see them and hang out and, and just do it all over again. I mean, if I could, I probably would do a show every weekend. I, I mean, if I could physically, my mm. liver could make it, I would do a show every single weekend. It's probably one of my favorite time of the season. Yep. Cuts Don't we have a partner Mohegan? What's that? Don't we have a partnered booth at Mohegan? We do have a partnered booth at Mohegan. Um, we're going to work with Real Outdoors TV, uh, Mr. Matt Weddish. Um, he... He designed um, a, a knockout booth uh, for us in partnership with him. So we have a 20-foot space 
Uh, half of it's going to be real outdoors TV, and the other half is going to be us. He did like a metal wood green um, backdrop on it. It's like a cloth type backdrop, like you know, like the ones you see. And it has his logo on one side, barn board with like you know fake metal in in it, and it has our logo on one side, his on the other. And then we'll each have a table, but it's going to be that's going to be. I'll give you a little lowdown about Matt, <laughs> and I can let everybody know this. Matt is a distiller for a brewery, uh, so that's what Matt does. Um, so who only knows what's going to be hidden underneath the tablecloth? Matt, so when Matt, he's, Matt loves the brown water, yeah, <laughs> he does. And Matt's a mm. talk about a turkey killing fool, man. Matt is probably one of the best. I've done, I've filmed some stuff with Matt in the past. We have a youth hunt that's probably going to come out pretty soon with him. But he is, you know, he went to nationals for turkey calling. Matt is an incredible individual, uh, been in the industry for years. So it was kind of, it was a humbling moment when he came to me that he wanted to partner with us and him to be able to spend together in the booth in Mohegan Sun. So like, it's going to be the, they're putting us in the back corner. Let's just say that because it's definitely going to get a little rowdy. Um, we're going to have a lot of fun. It's going to be a great thing. If you guys have the time, man, stop by, come and hang out with us. Um, and it's just going to be a hangout session, just like it was in Springfield where guys can come out, hang out in the booth. You know, we're not there to sell anything. You know, we might have a couple of hats for sale or some mugs or whatever, but most, mostly it's just to hang out with everybody in the camaraderie of the good guys. Just, you know, we're going to be the loud guys in the back. We might even get kicked out of Mohegan Sun, I yeah. would imagine. You won't I mean, have a hard time finding us. No. <laughs> and that's uh, March 24, 25, 26 for yeah. the listeners. So that'll be fun, dude. Well, I'm glad everybody had fun, at least, at the show and get to do yeah, something different. Yeah, you guys even behaved yourself, which surprised me. We did? Uh, we did? Yeah. I, I Actually, think so, because I'd heard, I'd heard what happened to the show before where there's a lot of uh, brown water being – taken down and this time you guys are that was mellow I, was, I like it yeah well we had you as a chaperone to you know kind of keep us in in check this time we brought dad with us and, yeah. I, and I would and i would have yeah. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> no we just like to have fun man it's it never gets out of control or anything crazy we just like to have fun we're just you know like like justin says we just drink beer and kill deer i mean that's just the way it goes uh, yeah i think the main See, thing there's a way to curtail that you, you do the show you go out to eat, you get stuffed, then you don't feel like going out and getting drunk because you, you just want to sleep it. That's exactly <laughs> what we did this weekend. That's exactly what we did. Yep. I think the, the main, it works every time. <laughs> the, the main thing for me that I like is what you see is what you get. We don't go to these shows and try to be something we're not or act like something we're not. We go there. We are, we are who we are, mm-hmm. and I think that's what people like because we're not there putting on a show. We're just we're – just, ourselves i mean steve wears yeah. red black and white jordans dude i mean like hey. does it get any better than that savage i'm gonna kill a deer with those this year you think so yeah opening day <laughs> <laughs> is that a bet let's do it yeah all mm-hmm. right and assess like you guys wear sneakers steve- seth loves his cowboy boots so we can't we can't break on him seth wears his boots to the gym yeah <laughs> Don't hate on it. Don't hate on it. It's a vibe. It's a whole vibe. The only kid I know that wears that wears square toed cowboy boots and a flat brim hat. Savage. Perfect. (laughs) I love it. I'm not making fun of you. I'm just saying that you're original and I I I fucking love it. That's what it's all about. Yeah. Dude, you gotta be original in this world. You don't have a lot in this world, you gotta be yourself. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And the price of being beautiful, 
You got some haters. <laughs> well, I mean, the main thing is, is like, just wear what you're comfortable wearing. Be, be yourself. Don't try to be something you're not, like I said before, and, and be comfortable and, 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 and just be yourself. We don't There's have to wear plenty of poses in this yeah, industry. Yeah, we don't you all know. have to wear uniforms and match and all that stuff and, well, you know, fancy no, flannel shirts and shit. Well, it's crazy because, and we talk about this all the time, is that the industry used to be where guys were just good on Southern boys, mm-hmm. you know, and they would they would wear their cowboy boots, their flannel T-shirts. They would, you know, praise to God every single time that they shot a deer and, and how the industry has evolved into being the originators, you know, like being originally who you are, like tattoos is, is acceptable, you know, wearing Jordans, wearing blue jeans, like just having fun that it's okay to be yourself. Like, you know, a lot of people probably look at me and they're like, that kid's a redneck. Yeah. Yeah. baby. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) But that's what it is, man. You have to be yourself. And if you don't put, how many people stop by the booth? This weekend, kids and stuff, they're wearing Nikes. Yeah, with their camel hat. So, I feel like they relate more to you when they see you. You're there with a booth or whatever YouTube channel, podcast, whatever, and it's like, oh shit, this kid's wearing sneakers too. He's no different than me, you know. Like, right, right. I think they, they can, rel- yeah, and really just relate more. We're just like everybody else. But that's it's important, dude. Yeah. You know, like, that's how people relate with you, and that's how, I mean, if you're comfortable, then you're going to be yourself, and then, you know, people can relate, you know? There might be guys that relate better to you than they do to Justin or to Seth or whatever the case may be, and that's what it's all about, you know? It's just, yeah. it's just yeah, like, it is. I agree. Be yourself. Just be the average Joe. You don't yep, have to be something, you know? Day, we, we don't care what everyone thinks, you know? We're us, mm. so <laughs> take, it as you, take it as it comes, mm-hmm. you like it or not. We're just here to have fun. I don't, don't, mind being the fat, I don't mind being the fat kid. No, don't get me wrong. It could also go the other way, too. You might run into some old timer and he's looking, judging you up and down, like, who the fuck is this kid with these sneakers on and all that shit? Like, you know, what does he know? And then you start having a conversation with him and you start talking about deer hunting and turkey, and then they quickly realize that you actually do know what you're talking about. And I don't think that people really yeah. care or they even look at you for that reason. I think that – and one of the great things about shows and stuff where guys are just there, they're like-minded people, there for the same reason. Mm-hmm. I don't think that everybody walks by and just says, oh, these young punk kids. No, they want to listen to what we have to say. Young you know? snappers. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah. did, did you guys not get the same vibe where, like, mm. I didn't get – It was awesome. Everyone was – Dude, there was concession stands with beer. Everyone was having a beer. It was 10 in the morning. Everyone's walking around on the day off with a beer, just shooting shit, talking about hunts. It was There was not one bad vibe about that place. Mm-hmm. And I think no. it's very... It, it, no, it was all good. It's very important that it's like that. And you know what? The show itself it seems like an upswing to me. For sure. Like it's definitely getting bigger. It's coming mm-hmm. back. I mean, I think it, it kind of hit rock bottom there with COVID and all that stuff, but I definitely see the growth and... I think people, you, you can, there's a buzz there. People are starting to get excited about the Springfield mm-hmm. Sportsman Show coming back to trending in the right direction again. I mean, you get those comments like, oh, it used to be three buildings. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I understand that, but it can't be that no more. The internet has knocked out a lot of companies. A lot of people that yeah. that were going to book hunts or fishing trips, 
Those guys can still book them online, so they don't need to be in those shows. But we have to go out there and support our local businesses. We have to go and support the local outdoor shows. It's important for this industry, and you want to be able to, you know, shake hands. Like that's important to me. That's my generation of shaking hands and looking people in the eye when you have a conversation. You know, having it over line or over the phone is not the same. You know, like to me, this is this is the nope. blood and the heart of it. You know, and that's that's the way it should be. I mean, like for Mark's calls, you got to be able to play with them. You got to be able to see them. You got to be able to know what they are. Give it a blow. Just give it a blow. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus. I agree. Well, boys, I'm glad that you guys had a great time at the show. And I just wanted to, you know, just reiterate what we did and what we got going on and the things that are coming forth here at the Outdoor Drive. I'm looking forward to it. Yep. Updates, baby. Absolutely. Anybody have anything to. Mark, I'm glad you learned how to use a turkey call. <laughs> Thanks for showing me. Jesus. What would I have done without you? <laughs> uh, does anybody have anything to add before we close this bad boy off? I think that caps it off. Keep doing the damn thing. Hell yep. yeah. I agree. Mark, you got anything? Um, Why do I smell bacon grease when I sweat? I don't know. Oh, all right. <laughs> You're done. Chef smells bush light, so. Yeah, whatever. Justin probably still smells that, too. But yeah. Oh, yeah. Look at that. What a beautiful yeah. thing. Guys, get on it over is. to Nor'easter. Check out our new game calls. And then for everybody else, thanks for taking the ride right here on the Outdoor Drive.